0: Welcome to Create Shift, the podcast where we talk about burnout, hosted by me, Ellen Carr,
1: and me, Kate Banks. We're the burnout coaches, and together we run the good
0: space, supporting you to heal from burnout and move out of the burnout cycle. If you're ready to rip up the rules and create a life in which you can thrive, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, welcome back to Create Shift. And today it is a solo episode for me, uh, Ellen, so hosting solo. But I'm not alone. I am joined by Agnes Becker of We Are Stardust for the first guest interview that we've had in a long time. And that's something that we're bringing back on the podcast. Um, So we're going to be mixing it up with solo episodes, and episodes with Kate and I, and episodes with lovely guests. And um Agnes is the first of those lovely guests so in it we talk about her work supporting people to connect to the more than human world connect back to the more than human world um and and how she finds that to be a supportive practice for herself but also for the people that she works with and we discuss the absolute importance the vitalness I was going to say vitality because that felt right but that doesn't seem like the right use of that word but anyway how vital it is to remember ourselves as part of nature and connect to nature to heal the burnout that we may be experiencing um and this is coming from my belief that currently we are really burnt out people living on a burnt-out planet, and those two things are so interrelated. And you know, Ayurveda talks about this. Traditional Chinese medicine talks about this. All the ancient holistic healing modalities talk about this. Um, we've just kind of forgotten it um, in the West, and I think we're moving we're moving back towards integrating those kind of uh, that kind of awareness. And and you know, that's there's the the kind of ancestral knowledge that we have as well that we need to remember. And that's something I'm really curious to explore for myself also is kind of reconnecting to this wisdom of the land that I live on um, that my ancestors would have had um, that has kind of gone away. So all that to say, um, I was very excited to talk to Agnes about this. And um, to really share in her reverence for the natural world and respect for it. So I hope that you enjoy listening to this episode. I'd love to hear what you thought of it and um, what it might have brought up for you. um, Kind of thoughts, feelings, experiences. So feel free to get in touch. You can reach me and me and Kate on Instagram at the good space UK. You can email us hello at the good dash space.com. You can join our private Facebook community, which is create a good life. Um, and that's a really lovely space uh, where that we hold for women um, who are wanting to lead lives that don't need to burn out. <laughs> and I think more and more in there, I will be sharing um practices and insight and thoughts around um living seasonally and connecting to nature and and all of those things so do come and request to join if you're on facebook and you you like to be in supportive groups so i will leave you with the episode and i hope that you enjoy so hi agnes welcome to great shift yeah thank you for coming and um yeah being our first interview back in a while um so yeah it's lovely to have you would you like to Kick us off with a little introduction to yourself and your work.
1: Yeah, so my name's Agnes Becker, and I describe myself as an artist and science communicator, and the creator of We Are Stardust, which is an online business, a place where art and science collide. And the idea is that everything I create enriches your experience of and relationship with our messy beautiful universe. So I do that through artwork that inspires connection with the more human world. and um, I'm just starting to create this year-long um, adventure program, which is a virtual kind of guided virtual experience um, to encourage you to rewild your soul.
0: Mm, thank you. That's lovely. I feel like you've got that.
1: Nailed, like you really
0: know how to talk about everything you're doing. Very nice.
1: (laughs) It's taken me a long time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, well done. You've you've got it. (laughs) Put it down. Um, so I I wanted to have you on today because obviously Kate and I work with Burnout and we talk about burnout on the podcast. And I have this belief that we're burnt out people living on a burnt out planet. And I believe that um, the sustainability of the planet is interconnected with the sustainability of people and healing ourselves is intricately woven in with healing the planet and kind of vice versa. And I thought it would be interesting to discuss that with you because of the work that you're doing and, and because maybe of your own personal experience with those sorts of things. So it's sort of like a...
1: So I was like, that's our essay topic. And then it's like, discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I love this topic so much. And um, I have to say, when I first started We Are Stardust, I don't think it was my intention to kind of go down this route but of you know your inner nature and also exploring the more than human world nature of the more than human world and how interconnected they are mm. and the more that you deepen your relationship with the more than human world the more that you deepen your relationship with your inner wild your soul your intuitive self whatever you want to call it um and that how closely related they are and as you say can um really kind of depend on each other i think mm. So, yeah, it hadn't intended to be like that. When I first started We Are Stardust, it was greetings cards um, and print design shop. And I really I worked in science communication for a long time. So working with academics to communicate the research to non-academics. And although that was it taught me a lot, (laughs) um, I often found that the way that science was talked about was either from this slightly patronizing, we know, we know a lot, so listen to us. Um, or, um, I used to work at the Science Museum in London, so this is where this comes from. I loved it there, but it was very like, woo, isn't this amazing? Look at all these explosions. Isn't it amazing? Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. It's so wonderful. And for a slightly introverted soul like me, who likes the slow and the quiet. It was a little bit garish and over the top. Um, and I thought the bit that was missing, I don't think I knew this kind of consciously, but subconsciously, I felt the bit that was missing was kind of the magic that science can reveal about them more than human world, these kind of hidden stories that without uh, I mean, you could probably observe it with your senses. And I think probably a lot of indigenous communities have that, have these stories handed down from them from you know over over decades. So things like um the mycorrhizal networks underneath uh, ancient forests. So these are networks of fung- fungi and roots of trees and plants that have so interconnected. They're symbiotic, which means they rely on each other to survive. But they're so um, interconnected that it's sometimes hard to tell where one organism starts and the other one begins. Um, so this kind of dissolving of the edges and that kind of... Um, those kind of stories I think is what science reveals and that's what I find really exciting so that's where I went down to start with you know to try and explore these stories and bring in my art and create illustrations around them Um, but the more I explored that uh, the more I realized how how much better I felt in myself and I think we probably all know this right I don't know you've probably got these stories and I think burnout is such a um a clear wake-up call from that in a while to mm. to listen to that soulful part of yourself and and I see it as like kind of the the, the earth kind of calling you back to, back to, into interrelationship um but I had lots of those moments um you know working in academia where and in tv I worked in science tv for a little bit um where those kind of calls happened and i think only in in hindsight do i realize that maybe me kind of starting these cards and prints and things was a little bit of an answer to those calls and and you know looking back you can kind of see the pathway that's now led to me creating more artworks rather than prints and cards and going into these kind of online adventures where we deepen our relationship with the more human world hmm.
0: can you um talk a little bit more about what any of those initial calls that you were having kind of felt like in the experiencing of them yes
1: yeah, so I can really remember a few quite clearly I think once I, I was living in London for quite a while and one of the first experiences I had of that was um, I was working at um, Imperial College London with an amazing team doing eight HIV clinical trials And I was quite a young 20 something there doing communications work, which within academia, some academics really understand the importance of communicating their research. Others find it quite annoying. And I can see why, you know, they have huge pressures on them to create lots of as many academic papers as possible, Mm -hmm. get in research grants. And then to also the communication stuff is all on top of that and Mm -hmm. free. They don't get paid for it. So I can kind of see where that comes from. But my trickiness was this very young looking woman in a quite a patriarchal academic sphere talking about a subject that they weren't really that interested in I wanted to get a bit of training on assertiveness and I went on this assertiveness training course with these two incredible women um who I've since tried to track down to say thank you um because it was more like life coaching or something like that than mm. assertiveness actually and in part of that um that kind of two-day training program, one of the questions they asked was, what do you want? need more of in your life? And the first thing that I thought of was mud, um, which I hadn't expected at all. They'd be, we'd been talking a bit about our childhoods and that kind of thing, and a lot of that was spent, you know, in mud. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, I, I needed more mud. And so that was one of the, the calls. And then another one, which I'm sure um, many folk may be in this kind of burnout phase will identify with was being in a basement um, meeting room now at at, um, a different university in Bloomsbury and in this basement meeting room there wasn't any natural light there weren't any plants it was kind of a three-hour meeting in this space um, and it was sort of sapping the life force out of me (laughs) Um, and I'm sure the other folk there as well Anyway, it, there was just this one moment while I was doodling on, on my page. I had to give them my presentation. Again, I'm not entirely sure if anyone was really that interested, but it was kind of them to ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doodling on my page, and um, suddenly this real, sounds very woo-woo, but like this vision kind of came, and I, I sort of felt like I was in this forest. I felt like I really wasn't, wanted to be in this forest. And I could almost see, see the. I can still see it now, see the trees. I could see me standing there holding logs. Um, And I I could smell wood smoke. Um, And that was a really like visceral experience. So there were quite a few of these little things that kind of kept popping up um, where I realised not only was the the work I was doing not lighting me up, but also the way I was spending my time just wasn't in relationship with the land, which I think in hindsight I realised I need
0: Um, when you were kind of growing up was your relationship quite you know were you quite part of the land and kind of like you know
1: yeah I'd say I was very I had a really beautiful childhood I'm so grateful to my parents and um was filled with a lot of love and a lot of curiosity and learning my dad's German and my mum's English I think sometimes having I mean obviously I don't have experience in other other families but I feel like having that other cultural influence enabled me to not feel so entrenched in perhaps the cultural thinking within just the UK or within mm. my school I would say even that small <laughs> <more> <laughs> smaller space um so I'm, I'm really grateful that I had lots of influences from different cultures. My parents loved theatre, my dad was a medic, my mum was a linguist. So There's always lots of learning and, um, and being outdoors was a big part of that. And my mum loves gardening, so I spent a lot of time in her kind of the wild spaces of her garden, making mud pies and potions, you know, like a lot of children do, I think. Yeah. It's very inst- instinctive, isn't it, for a lot of kids yeah. to, to explore the world um, mm. without those kind of subject boxes, I suppose Mm. just exploring it for the joy of it
0: and so you you got these kind of calls and signs which are really like you seem like you've always been quite tapped into that intuitive part of yourself to be able to get those signs and let them come through um
1: yeah that's a good point actually I never thought of that um I think um I get overwhelmed and um anxious quite quickly so uh that's always been part of me and I've always wondered why that that was like how how, why can't I manage like everybody else and I wonder if it is because you know part of um hearing those calls like you say is being open to that and maybe you when you're kind of open to all those signs and signals, it can be really overwhelming. Mm. So yeah, yeah I, I hadn't ever thought of that, but yeah, you're, you're probably right. There is a part that you know you have to be open to hear hear it yeah. and notice it. And I think
0: they come through in different ways. You know, sometimes it comes from the body, and and that's, that's probably quite common for a lot of people that they get those signs it's like physical signs of, you know, feeling burnt out or stuff not being right. But yeah, yeah. the times they come through in signs like that. And so, so you got these signs, and then you know, because obviously. You don't live in London now mm. you live you live much more kind of in the countryside now right yeah um so was it kind of quite quickly that you then
1: started to like make changes it was quite slow and actually you mentioned burnout I should probably mention that I nearly burned out as <laughs> well it was towards the end of my time within university and um it was unfortunately a very stressful project just because of a lot of Um, things that happened on the leadership level that meant that the team was kind of left on their own for a long time and there was lots of sort of short extensions to the grants and it just became very stressful and being in the communications side rather than academic I couldn't apply for funding Mm. so I was totally reliant on the academics and after a full year of that I definitely had those physical signs I wasn't Mm. sleeping well my heart palpitations all day and I was offered to extend it for another three months and at that point I said no (laughs) I can't do it anymore um Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a backup. I had some savings and I decided to do freelance science communication for a while. And I really wanted to commit to working on We Are Stardust yeah. a lot more. And at that time, I was still doing kind of cards and, and prints. So I would say the kind of journey from that point to where I am now, which is probably that was in 2016, has been very slow and incremental. Yeah. Mm. very slow and incremental I mean I could go through all of that but yeah it's kind of going to that freelance stage and then I had my little one so that was kind of a whole new experience as well um and then obviously the pandemic Mm. hit just after we moved to Bedfordshire where we are now in this village um and then I also in 2020 had some health problems where I ended up having a really freak um kind of symptoms and i didn't know what they were it turned out i had a massive um cyst on my right ovary which just came out of the blue and i ended up having to on my holiday go and have like emergency surgery to have it removed and they couldn't recover the ovary as well so i think all of these these experiences over time made me feel like i could you know that life is precious and where do I want to be spending my time? And at that point, for the last, I guess it was 2021 when I really decided I wanted to work on We Are Stardust more mm-hmm. and hopefully make it full-time. And I think um, all of those events kind of led to that decision. And woven through all of that was um, getting to know the more than human world through the adventures I run, through the artwork that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I'm outside, I feel all of those chattery voices kind of disappear and I just feel much more alive and uh, it's not about myself anymore it's kind of about something bigger mm. so um mm. yes I think it was a very windy journey to get to where I am now yeah
0: mm. yeah that's so powerful that connecting to to being part of something bigger I mean it's it's something that ayurveda recommends I and mean, something that i will share with people often in the work that i do um and to help you know to help us perhaps uh
1: recover from burnout but also not not get there in the first place um yes, definitely uh, i'm just going to quickly close my window because i've just realized the bin men are here i'm really ah, sorry
0: exciting
1: <laughs> yeah i've just got this one
0: I just tried to mute Agnes and I muted myself so I'm gonna uh I was gonna do some filler but she's she's back already so sorry I was just chatting to myself because I'm not going to edit this out I'm just keeping it real Uh Um, (laughs)
1: okay so
0: um yes
1: you were saying yeah that's part of the almost the healing process or yeah
0: so that being part of something bigger is so important and and then you, you just touched on um uh sort of what I was going to ask you next is um, how how is your life now in terms of connecting to nature and being part of you know having more mud in your life and being mm. like that that you're in the forest so how is your life now uh, in comparison to what it was in terms of those things and and what shifts are you able to feel within yourself that perhaps because of that
1: yeah, that's a great question. Um I think there's probably multiple things that kind of led to to how things are now, but um I think the some of the biggest ones are actually allowing myself to spend time outside, which sounds very tiny, but for a long time even, you know, leaving the employed sector and going to self-employed. I'd feel like I had to be on the computer because that was real work. Mm-hmm. And so it's taken a really long time and it's taken step, little steps. So first of all, I do 20 minute walk in the morning and then it went to 45. And now I do about an hour walk in the morning and try to do an hour in the evening as well. And sometimes I might take my nature journal with me. I try to do a bit of um, swimming in the River Ouse near, near us, which is lovely, but... Um, yeah, I'm just realizing how polluted our rivers are and it's just so sad. <laughs> but it is really lovely immersing myself in the water. I just have to keep my mouth really closed. Um so I think it's it's been it's been gradual, but what I found by allowing myself to to spend that time outside is um lots of ideas come when I'm outside. I feel much more myself. I feel often more certain in the decisions I'm making. I'm a very indecisive person in many ways um, because I think I listen to a lot of other voices and very rarely listen to my own. (laughs) Um, And that being outside helps for that to to disappear um, or just tone down a little bit. I think also, so that's one thing, uh, giving myself permission to spend time in a way that nourishes me um and that's then led to me spending more time my artwork as well which i used to do a lot of art up to a level and then i studied science at at university and then it was always just squeezing it in here and there rather than giving the space i'm still working on that still a work in progress (laughs) um because definitely my mind sitting at the computer is real work and sitting at my desk making stuff isn't so i'm still working on that but i'm getting there and i think um spending time outside with the modern human world and learning about not just time actually it's actually really engaging and and learning and noticing and observing um has influenced how I want to create my art so that's really exciting so I'm trying to make more um natural inks I'm exploring with different textures and river water and all this kind of stuff so um so that's really helped to allow me to spend again I guess time doing what I think deep down I've always wanted to do and then I think the third one which um is incredible and also (laughs) quite painful as well is this feeling of being really alive um I think when I was in employment you know you have to numb a lot of yourself to be able to adhere to other people's kind of rhythms and needs and stuff like that so being able to kind of strip those that conditioning I suppose what you should be doing how you should be living your life um, and really getting to know um, so I think I might try and give a good example Um, so for example uh, in spring I ran this adventure called the nesting adventure where we were learning about um, local birds and nests and the egg so so kind of learning about the modern human world and then also reflecting that back on ourselves and this precious little nest. It was during the pandemic as well as precious nest in quite an unpredictable, uncertain world, just hidden slightly by this vegetation. Um, the egg is a really interesting object, um, you know, the rebirth of being, um, of just being. It just is inside the egg you are. Um, and then also, of these learning about the birds that I've grown up with you know, blackbirds, robins, things like that, that I've grown up with, and never really stopped to actually engage with how they're living their life and how I'm living my life might impact how they're living their life. And that had a huge effect in that now, when I look at a bird, you, you know, if you look at its eye, you see it as another living, breathing being I think birding often get feels for me feels quite a dry thing like you have mm. to tick off as many birds as you know um which doesn't really interest me that much I think the the beautiful thing about getting to know the and the other beings like birds is um is that you get to know um and understand how they live life and that then helps you to reflect on how you're living your life and how our sort of societal structures are so little and restricted in our little tiny ways of thinking and being and if we were just to learn from from more than human beings how how much more our world opens up and everything becomes alive you know the trees are talking underneath the soil the birds are talking to each other and their bird calls um what else have we been looking at the stars as well and our ancestors and how um ancestors told stories from about the stars and how that linked to what was happening on earth and it's just all so alive and moving and it's not just you know uh the kind of i think sometimes nature connection can steer into a very i'm trying to say like over romanticized um direction um which I love as well but <laughs> but I think the more I've been learning about how alive the world is the more I've really appreciated the the muck and the dirt and the soil and the compost and um that kind of death life cycle I suppose um destruction as well disturbance um and I suppose everything feels much more visceral and what and joy and honor it is to be part of all of that. Um, comes from yeah just just those experiences of allowing yourself to get to know the more than human world yeah
0: that was lovely thank you um I think you spoke to so many things there and like I think you really highlighted what I find so great from your work is that you you know you bring I guess it is this how you you blend the art and the science you've got this science communication background and this this desire to know things and learn things and share that but at the same time you communicate that in that really embodied and visceral way so and and that's what I think is uh that's how I think we need to connect to nature and know about nature and learn about nature is in that way where we're we're connecting again to ourselves as part of nature because I think that like I think so many issues Uh, that we face in our society stem from us trying to separate ourselves from nature and actually we really need to remember or remember uh literally like put ourselves back together as as part of nature Mm. um and I think that's what your adventures particularly really help people do but even in your artwork you can feel it um uh, you you know like I've got one of your prints on my desk actually um which is a rooted one <laughs> yeah um uh which is a great you know because I really love the trees and things so I feel this really strong connection to the trees so then it just every time I look at that which is the for people it's just a an image of the, the kind of the roots of the tree going yeah. down and it says rooted on it um that like it helps me then kind of remember to feel rooted in myself and like who I am and my values and and kind of why I'm here or you know um and then also if I like, feel part of that something bigger so um mm yeah I wonder um is there anything particularly that stands out or like recurring things that have come up in in things that have come up for people who've taken your adventures in the past and who've like you know experiences they've had and how they found that that's helped them or anything that particularly that's come up
1: yeah do you know what it's interesting there are a few things I think it It often is that kind of realization of how much they need to be part of the more than human world. I think that's part of it. But it often comes from actually very small observations. So the last um, adventure we just just ended this week was all about the meadow. And we were looking at wildflowers and insects. And um, each of us got to know a wildflower in quite some depth. And just having that time to get to know one little flower. like Mine was a buttercup, which, again, I've grown up with for mm, since childhood. Put yeah. you know, it under your chin. Yeah. Do you like butter? butter. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, and just seeing how it changed over the two months that we did that adventure, seeing what insects fed on it, how they interacted together, because pollination is how plants have sex basically <laughs> that's how they make, create their seeds um so kind of with that f- kind of way of thinking looking at how the insects and the plants kind of interact and then so from that tiny observation you then kind of expand a little bit more and you think well what's the time that the the insect is working on is like a one minute like a day for them and then we started thinking about deep time as well and how the meadow might have changed over a, a long period of time um and meadows are actually created by humans so it's kind of this interaction between they chop down woodland to create hay for for animals for livestock so uh well we did i say they <laughs> <laughs> our ancestors and and so this kind of landscape has been as you say created in collaboration with plants and insects and um animals and including humans and, and so this um this one flower it kind of extends outwards and extends outwards and extends outwards and I think this just getting to know like one one flower very in in quite some depth has a lot of um has had a lot of knock-on kind of uh shift in thinking for the people who've taken part parts in the adventures and I think also just having the community of like-minded souls who um love learning about these kind of things I think that's often where I've found things difficult in the past and it's partly why I created the Mm. adventures
0: Mm. yeah lovely and I think uh, you've spoken to it so so many times uh in our conversation that like there's just so much that nature can teach us about ourselves and like the like I just I find that all the time it's just continually evolving and and kind of revealing itself and then
1: Mm.
0: and, and revealing ways that I can support myself by again remembering that I'm part of nature so okay I can go along with you know the way that things are happening in the seasons you know obviously that's a big part of my work but also just like watching the bees in my garden I can learn things and things that I can then take and apply to like how I live my life and do my work and and it is that very mindful connection I think that you're talking about and where we can kind of delve into something and ask questions and be curious and and then uh apply that well not even it's not even you're trying to apply it to yourself it will just appear yeah you are then remembering that you're part of that as well and it's um I think it can make you feel quite whole um and and again like part of a whole as well which is really
1: lovely that's it yeah I think also those I love the the word relationship as well for that because if you think of it an analogy being you know with a friend or with a partner or how if you care for them, they also care for you. And it kind of becomes reciprocal. There's a beautiful book that I absolutely love called Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer, who's one of my absolute heroes. <laughs> and she is, um, she writes really beautifully from both the perspective of a botanist and as an indigenous, um, and from her indigenous kind of background. Um, and she often talks about the, of the economy of gifts and the gift economy, which is where her sort of indigenous background comes from. You know, the, the earth offers us gifts mm. and it, we also are born with gifts to give back to the earth and to, to humanity, I guess as well. Um versus a kind of land ownership economy, which is a perhaps a bit more, you know, we're based in the UK perhaps a bit more how our kind sort of society yeah. is is structured. Um, And she, I I think, what she does really well is kind of help blend the two together. You know, we're not all going to become hunter gatherers, um, so kind of blending those two together. And how can we use the gifts that we have, which is part of re coming back to that internal Mm. nature um, and not suppressing it, so that we go lead, you know, go into burnout Mm. um, and rediscovering those gifts, and that being part of being part of this whole as well, which I really love.
0: Mm. yeah that's lovely and that's really that view of you know when we when we're kind of nurturing ourselves and connecting to our gifts and how we we want to like live and be and and creating that life for ourselves that is uh whatever a good life is for us you know and, and we're bringing our gifts and we can then reciprocally nurture the earth uh and that's that's the way i think it is and that's how i think those things are intertwined so um I will put a link to that book in the show notes as well for anybody mm, who's yeah, listening. I like, really recommend to, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard you talk
1: about that before and thought I've definitely written it down before. Mm. Um, you can get it on audiobook as well, which is how I listen to yeah. it. And it's Robin Walkimer reading it as well, which is really Oh, nice. lovely. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: always nice when it's the yeah. author reading the book, yeah. Um, so I think that's a, a good place to end. Mm. Um, and I definitely want to encourage any listeners to maybe go out into, into Nature Today wherever you can, whether that's in your garden or in the local park or just on the street and to touch a tree or something or look at mm. a flower you know it's everywhere tiny bits of nature everywhere so um, do do that, and then um, Agnes, do you want to tell people a little bit more about the upcoming year-long adventure, including how they can get more information and sign up if they want to, and also just yeah. how people can continue to connect with you?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. So I think the best way to connect is either to follow me on Instagram, which is We Are Stardust UK, or on my um, newsletter, which is We Are Stardust Journal or Bitly slash We Are Stardust Journal. Um, and yeah, I've got starting in. Um, So doors will close 23rd of September, which is Autumn Equinox, so good place to remember that. Um, But I've created this kind of year-long adventure. I've been running these kind of seasonal adventures over the last couple of years, and the full year is called Rewild Your Soul. And each season we will dive into a particular topic within nature, both the more than human world and our own in nature. So in autumn, we going to start with these mycorrhizal networks, which I've already spoke, spoken about, um, and our own needs for nourishment and, and rooting, you know, planting roots. Um, and then we go in the winter to the dreaming adventure where we're looking at the night sky and our ancestors' dreams, uh, ancestors' stories about the stars um, and our dreams for the next year. Spring will be the nesting adventure, which I spoke a bit about looking at birds nests in our own homes and how our homes can support who we want to be or just not even who we want to be, who we are. <laughs> and then into the summer, which is a joy adventure about wildflower meadows, seeds, insects and being good, becoming good ancestors. So using our gifts to give back. Um, so that's kind of the arc of, of the whole year. You can join for six months or 12 months. And ahead of that, I'm going to be running an autumn tree project as well. So um, that will be coming out soon to sign up. I think it's probably going to be free. Um, so I really welcome everyone to sign up to that. As I'm hoping to make it quite gentle. So there'll be prompts released every couple of days and a private space on Facebook to share um our discoveries. Um so those are probably the yeah. That's probably the best place to find me. And those are the best things that are coming up at the moment to, to engage with. I will also be doing a night sky um, nature project, nature gelling project for free as well come come winter. And I found that really, I know lots of people struggle with winter and I found that incredibly helpful during wow. the dark months. Yeah,
0: Amazing. Thank you. And like for anybody listening who's listened to the podcast a lot before or kind of engaged with my work and things like all of Agnes is just sharing. I'm sure you'll pick up on it as well as so connected to what uh ayurveda and other holistic kind of uh healing modalities teach about how to live for for inner harmony really so a great a great thing to do if you want to support your you know your whole holistic well-being so thank you so much for coming on agnes thanks so much agnes it's been lovely talking to you so that was agnes becker and i having a conversation uh what did you think <laughs> it would be great to hear how this podcast episode maybe supported you or what it's made you feel curious about or anything new you might be looking to incorporate into your life changes you might be making as a result of this or any questions that you've got so as i mentioned at the beginning please do reach out on instagram at the good dash space all oh, that's not right that's that's the email instagram at the good space uk email hello at the good space.com um find our website Good space.com. Uh, and also please do come along to join our private Facebook community, create a good life. If you are a woman and you are wanting to have some support and community around um, living a life that is good for you, um, away from the shoulds and the rules and everything that society kind of tells us that we should be doing. So come along, we'd love to have you join us there. And if you are enjoying the podcast, um we would love it if you could just take a few minutes to leave a rating and review. I know everybody asks, um everybody asks for a reason. It's important. It helps people to find the podcasts, um, it helps us to to yeah be discovered by other people who might benefit from our work. So you can head to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, um, find us on there. We'll put the link in the show notes actually. Um that's not a bit too meta. Um Anyway, (laughs) Uh, I meant meta like, you know, meta reference, not like Mark Zuckerberg Empire. Um, I did not intend to say this much, but here we are. Um, Anyway, uh, we'll pop a link there. um, But yeah, you can find us there and review us and you can leave a rating and a little review. And that would just really help us. And we'll send you lots of love for doing it. Um, Also, share it with your friends, you know, send someone an email or pop it in a little message or share it on your social media and um, if you think that people might benefit from it so we really appreciate all of that word of mouth helps the world go round. that's the saying isn't it um, i'm gonna go now before i say any more thank you for listening and until next time